0: This 2023-2024 NBA Central Division Early Season Win Totals Edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks and content available only to our patrons at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday, July the 24th, currently 105 on the East Coast. Here to discuss some very, very early season win totals for the NBA season next year. We'll make our rounds uh, through each division over the next uh, couple of weeks here. We're going to start today with the uh, Central Division. We'll briefly recap uh last season from these teams and we'll look ahead uh to next season, obviously, and discuss some division odds as well as, like I mentioned, our uh regular season win totals. Uh and joining me here to help me break it all down. You guys know him as a voice on the MLB gambling podcast. And of course, here on the NBA pod, it's Lante Smith. Lante, how you feeling, my man? <laughs>
1: Yeah, man, feeling good. Uh, glad we get to talk some basketball early, but always a good time to get some things in order uh, and
0: prepare for the season. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, you can never um, be too early to prepare for the uh, grind of the NBA season. But also joining us, guys, know him as the voice of the NBA pod here, of course, on MLB Tennis, WNBA and the NFL Gambling Podcast. Is Scott's studio, Scott Scott, how's it going, my man?
2: Doing pretty well. Uh, Looking forward to going through the uh, divisions uh, one by one. So, of course, we're going to start off here. Looking forward to it, though. Had a pretty nice weekend. Had some family come over. So I was hanging out with them. Overall, can't complain, though. How's it going with you?
0: Uh, Not too bad. Uh, The little one's uh, still kicking my butt a little bit, but he's starting to go longer through the night. So a little bit more sleep. Um, right in time as we're right you know, getting closer to college football and NFL season, and then hopefully by NBA season, he's going like twelve hours through the night. So um, yeah, he's uh, he's a, he's he's doing well, man. But yeah, spending time with family as well. It's kind of the calm before the storm, guys, because <clears throat> we know that college and NFL is like right around the corner, and then right in the mix of it, like NBA gets kind of thrown in. So we're all like grinding away three sports at a time. So um, yeah, never too early to get our prep uh, going for the NBA season. So guys, we'll kind of just go team by team. Uh, we'll start, we'll, we'll work our way. Um, I guess we can go bottom from top from last season. Uh, we'll start with the Detroit Pistons last season. Uh, they ended up with a record of 17 and 65. This team was rattled by an injury to one of their top draft picks from the previous season in Cade Cunningham. Um, obviously did finish dead last in the uh, central division for this uh, for this last year. And you kind of just take a look at what transpired for this team. And Boyan Bogdanovich was their top leading scorer at 21.6 points per game. Kate Cunningham only played 12 games last season for this team. He ended up uh, right around 20 points per game. Jaden Ivey, Played in seventy three point uh, sorry seventy three games last season ended up with a sixteen uh, averaging sixteen point three points but the bigger news for this team was obviously the head coaching change right they go from Dwayne Casey they bring in Monty Williams uh, from uh, the Phoenix Suns and this team has a lot of young talent I know uh, Lante we talked a lot about uh, young talent in the NBA some up and coming players for um, across all the league. I think the Detroit Pistons team has a very nice, you know, nucleus of players. Obviously they uh, drafted uh, Sir Thompson, uh the, one of the Thompson twins to come in to this team here as well. But Lante, let me start with you. Anything that could have stood out for you for this team from last season? But I think more in particular, what are we looking forward to for next season with this team? And then let me go in to give the win total for the uh Pistons for this upcoming year. That number is currently sitting at 27 and a half. Mm-hmm uh, for the upcoming season division odds for the Detroit Pistons, 201 to win the N- uh, NBA central division here, Lante
1: Yeah. So, uh, you mentioned the talent. I do like the talent. I like Asar a lot, but I think he's kind of in a weird situation here with, you know, K coming back in and having Ivy taking a second year, a second year leap. I guess this is technically K's second year, um, being that he only played 12 games. So yeah. I think you're going to see a totally different team. I mean, No matter the coach, I thought that they would take a step forward just simply because they didn't have the best player on the court. And Kay can mask up some of those things that they didn't do well. They didn't shoot the ball well. Um, He's also a really good facilitator, Uh, so he's more so of a combo guard. I think we see a mixture of what we saw the second half of the year, Um, his rookie year, when they were covering all those numbers. uh, And they were even pulling some upsets. I think they're way more talented than they were then. Very excited about seeing what Sasser does um, in that backcourt role off the bench because I think he's a good productive player, young player. Uh, they brought in Joe Harris, Monty Morris. I think those are two key additions for them. Monty Morris being, uh, you know, kind of like a microwave score. Joe Harris. Uh, I mean, I know you know Scott's not a big fan of him, but he can shoot it, and uh, Detroit needs Detroit needs some shooting. He just has to stay healthy, which has been his downfall. Um, of his career. But he can shoot it. Monty um, Morris can shoot it. I think when K comes back, uh, him, Bogdanovich, Morris, and, and Harris on the floor at the same time with one of those bigs will be an intriguing lineup. Um, the only issue I have with them is they kind of got like a forward-center log jam, and most of those players do exactly the same thing uh, with Wiseman, Duran, Stewart, and Bagley. So I think they might have to move off of one or maybe even two of those guys to get some more shooting in there. But that's the only kind of issue that I have um, with the team. Uh, I'm excited to see him. Like I'm going to bet over the 27 and a half. I mean, they won 17 last year. Were horrible. Not they. I think they were one of the only teams who didn't win double digit games um, on the road or at home. So they were nine and 32 at home, eight and 33 on the road. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them improve. I mean, obviously, it all depends on the the health of of Cadenham. Uh, I think he'll be back. I think he'll be healthier than ever, and I think this team takes a second-year jump, especially under um, under new coach. Uh, I like their I like their front office uh, with with uh, with Troy. Re- I think it's Troy Weaver is his name. Uh, I, I like some of the additions, man. So I'm going to be over um, on Detroit. I think a lot of their problems had to do with just not being able to adjust without Cade, and then Ivy taking a you know a more so he had to take a bigger step more than he wanted to in his first year. So. Uh, I think he dials that back
0: with K back, and I think they go over 27. I'd look for him to win around 30 games next year. All right, before we get uh, Scott's thoughts here, let me tell everyone about the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon page. Do your part in the war against corporate gambling and sign up for the SGP Patreon. ton of exclusive content, contests, and merch just for our Patreons, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast and an ad-free uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DGENs. There's even a Discord channel just for our Patreons. The Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is a great way to score exclusive perks and support SGPN. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Patreon. Again, that's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Patreon. Scott, thoughts about uh, the Detroit Pistons What kind of transpired for this team last year. And then what do you think about their talent going into next season uh, for this uh, upcoming year?
2: Well, last year, they were missing their best player for most of the season, and I don't think any of us actually like Dwayne Casey as a coach. I know I have gone on record and said that he's not a very good coach. Uh, So the fact that Detroit was able to, well, fix both issues, I mean, one of them was just a matter of time because they had to wait for Kate to actually be healthy. I don't know if he's in shape or not. I don't know if he shaved or not. We'll see how he looks uh, for the first game (laughs) of the season. I know he had the uh, Jason Momoa beard uh, going for him, but still – Uh, Dwayne Casey's not a great coach. I know Monty Williams had a bit of a rough go of it in the playoffs because Denver, the inevitable champions, buried them in a home elimination game, which was the second straight year that the Suns were down 30 at the half uh, in an elimination game at home. Doesn't change the fact, though, that compared to most other coaches in the league, he's an above-average coach, and I do think that he can definitely get some buy-in from the younger guys and instill a bit of a culture there. So I do like what Detroit did behind the scenes and also just getting Cade back, assuming he stays healthy. The issue that I have with Detroit is the fact that they have a lot of intriguing players or a lot of pretty good players, but no real superstars, including Cade. I don't know how good Cade's going to be. I don't know where the ceiling is. I know he looked really good his rookie year, but once again, you're expecting a massive leap, a sophomore leap, so to speak, because he skipped a sophomore year indirectly. I do think Detroit has a lot of overall skill, When it comes to top to bottom, maybe 1 through 10. But their upside is limited because, once again, they don't have any real superstar that can put the team on his back and carry them to 35-plus wins. I do think this team's going to go over if I had to lean for a win total. But I do think when you're looking at 200 to 1, you can make an argument there are worse long shots to bet on than Detroit. But in Mm -hmm. reality, this team will probably win somewhere in the low 30s, if I had to guess. They're an intriguing team. That seems to be maybe a year or two away from being playoff relevant or play in relevant. I think they need to make a move. The, uh, I know that Delonte mentioned the log jam at the forward position. You make an argument they have a lot of, once again, pretty good players, not amazing players at basically every position, and they could upgrade in a lot of those areas. I think, in other words, Detroit's fine. They're a back end lottery team, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think that, you know, last time this team was uh, 500 was back in the 2018, 2019 season where they finished up 41 and 41. But since that uh, time, they finished with uh, less than 24 wins for four consecutive seasons. And our last season, like we mentioned, that Cade missed most of the year. He only played 12 games for this Detroit Pistons team. And um, I think they do take some type of leap this year. Um, I'm excited about the backcourt of Jaden, uh, Ivy, and Cade uh, Cunningham, barring health, obviously. And like you know, Lante mentioned that this team is going to need shooting around them, and they acquired Joe Harris uh, to kind of fill that. Again, what Lante said is that it's 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 always health with Joe Harris, especially over the last couple of seasons. But you know, now you're getting you're bringing in a new head coach in Monty Williams. I think that's going to be a breath of fair, fresh air for a lot of these young players. And I think that you guys nailed, hit the nail on the head that there's going to have to be some type of move made um, at that forward slash center position because there is a bit of a logjam there. And I think we all kind of scratched our head at, at the trade deadline last year as well when they picked up Marvin Bagley um, who did really well. I know when we talked about player props that he was almost an automatic double-double and we we're getting some nice odds on him. It was between him and um, Durin. Yeah, Jalen Duren So Um, Yeah, again, a lot of great talent on this team. It's now for like a lot of these lottery teams that we talk about, like the Rockets and the Pistons, we throw their names in there. It's just about developing these young players to take that next leap forward to not being... I think they're still some years away from being contenders, but, you know, starting to knock on that door, if that kind of makes sense, right? Because you do have the talent on this team and you have a lot of lottery picks over the past couple seasons that the Detroit Pistons have made. And now it's just about developing this talent. I think they do have the right head coach um, in Monty Williams to, to do that for this Detroit Pistons team. Uh, anything else to add for this Pistons team, guys?
2: I, I just see yeah, them being right. like a ninth spot in the draft lottery type team. I think they might maybe make a push for 30 wins. Yeah. I'm not sure they get there. If I had to guess, I'd probably give them like 30 or 31. But yeah. once again, you mentioned the log jam at the forward spot, even the guard spot. I know that Thompson is a rookie, so we're going to see if they ease him into the league or how they give him some run. But we've still barely, if ever, seen Cade and – Ivy play with each other. Right. So I'm not sure how that chemistry is going to look. I don't know what you guys thought of Ivy's rookie season last year. I thought he was fine. He was better in the second half, but once again, he had the ball on his hands all the time. I feel like he's gonna to have to make an adjustment there because Cade's gonna have the ball a lot. And yeah. I am concerned maybe early on of some chemistry issues because Ivy is used to having the ball in his hands. That's what he did at Purdue, it's what he did last year and now he's going to be kind of a second option or maybe Cade works off ball. The point is there are some there is some stuff in the backcourt as well. They're going to have to figure out I'm not sure how much Thompson's going to play. Yeah. What is his role? Is he a seventh man on this team?
0: Uh, actually, yeah, I actually have to let me pull up there actual the the depth chart for this team of going into next year because again Lonzo, why don't you give your thoughts while I pull up the depth chart here for... Yeah, uh, um, I didn't even mention
2: <laughs> Killian Hayes, by the way, who's still on the team, and I don't think oh, anybody God. thinks he's any good.
0: <laughs>
1: you shouldn't have you shouldn't. Have but I'm saying, him. since he played There's a reason last why we here, didn't mention him.
2: is, is Thompson <laughs> just the fourth guard on the team and people are optimistic about him? Because I know Killian isn't very good. I feel, I feel like we all agree with that, along with most people that either bet player props or watch basketball. I don't think Hayes should be in the league. The point is, when you're talking about the upside of young players... And yet a log jam at center can also be applied to the log jam at the point guard spot because they have four point guards, including one intriguing rookie who might be fourth in the depth chart. I just feel like Detroit, once again, has a decent amount of intriguing young talent, but not enough guys that I fully think can be stars or even solid, solid contributors on true winning basketball teams. We're going to have to wait and see with that.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think so. The thing with Caden, the Caden Ivy thing, I think that Cade is more he's more prone to playing on and off. He can do both. Ivy is the one that's probably going to have to be the adjuster. But again, do you want me off? I mean, I, I don't mind because I think he can score and create his own shot. I'm not sure Ivy is the best creator of his own shot. Um, so he has to get better as a facilitator. I think that's what they wanted to see in summer league, which is why he was there. So he can be more on the ball. And that way you're, you know, you have secondary pick and rolls with Cade um, on the wing and also Cade as another dimension besides, um, besides Bogdanovich, because they are the only two, I guess above average shooters that are going to be in the starting lineup. I mean, depending on if you want to put Joe Harris in the lineup or not, which he probably won't be, but, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be a few row bumps early on. Um, but I think they'll adjust and, and get, you know, get adjusted to each other. I think Kade can just adapt and be a play-and-play. I'm higher on Kade than a lot of people. Like, I think he can be, you know, like an all-star type of I think of Kade's guard. really
2: good. I, I just yeah. want to see more. But I feel like, once again, if you're, t- I do agree with you that Cade is more likely to succeed playing off-ball compared to Ivy. He's also the number one pick in the draft. You drafted him so he could constantly have the ball in his hands. Yes, I'm not sure if Kate. I know that once again, he's probably going to be more efficient off-ball than Ivy will be. But if you draft him as being the future face of the franchise, do you really want him playing off-ball most of the time? Probably not.
0: So then, him being the number one overall pick qualifies him to be uh, the most improved player of the year for the upcoming year. Then, Yeah, uh, I'm going to bet that probably. I want it, but, I'm probably going yeah. to admit that.
2: I guess the point I'm trying to say is with the potential work in progress with who's going to handle the ball more often than not, I'm not sure if this backcourt pairing of Ivy and Cade can work. We'll see. But once again, that could be a serious problem that derails the franchise for a couple years if they try to keep forcing it to work and there's no chemistry
0: yeah all right guys before we get over to the indiana pacers uh for this nl uh sorry the nba central division let me tell everyone about underdog fantasy we're brought to you by underdog fantasy the nfl season is right around the corner and underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of nfl player props and is, in, is and is available in a ton of markets plus plenty of opportunities to win in their daily mlb contests and of course Make sure to enter Best Ball Mania 4, where first place gets $1 million. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and make sure to use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com using promo code SGPN. All right, guys, uh, let's get over to the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Their win total for the upcoming season. Currently sits at 37 and a half. Last season, this team ended up with a record of 35 and 47. Um, It was the first full season for um, Tyrese Halliburton in this lineup. And I know he missed some time um, in the back half of the year. dealing I think it was a, uh, I want to say it was an arm issue or a calf issue. One of the two, but uh, he only ended up playing. Let's see here out of 82 games last season. 56 games for this uh, Indiana Pacers team. Uh, we still have Miles Turner on this roster. We still have Buddy Heald, uh, Ben uh, Benedict Matherin was a great uh, draft pick for them in uh, the previous year's draft. So there's a lot of young talent. And then we saw what they did in the NBA draft this upcoming season, or this last season, I should say. But, Scott, let me start with you with the Indiana Pacers. Their win total currently sits at 37.5 for the upcoming season. Um, They did trade away TJ McConnell, I do believe, um, to the Phoenix Suns. But what are your thoughts about this Pacers team from last season coming into this season uh, for their win total and just their future?
2: For the most part, I feel like it's a relatively similar team to last year. I know they made a couple of tweaks here and there. They got Walker who might help out the defense in the front court. Then again, you don't want to put that much pressure on a rookie to suddenly change the entire defensive integrity of a team. But the point is, Indiana hasn't really guarded anybody for a while. Uh, Miles Turner's a good defensive center when he's healthy. He had a very good year last year, but health is always a concern for him. Halliburton's a great player. He's always injured as well. He's had injury issues the past couple of years. Uh, you're looking down the line, and there's been rumors to trade a bunch of players on this team, and they're still here. So I don't really yep. know what to fully think of the roster when I thought they should have made a lot more moves than they actually did. Overall, this team is going to be fun. They're going to score some points. They're going to allow a bunch of points. And they're probably going to finish with a losing record. It's the way it is. I think that Carlisle's done a pretty good job with this overall core. But I got to at least point out, they're a very, very flawed team that did virtually nothing to address the flaws that they had last year. And you make an argument that Buddy healed. Do you think he should still be on this team?
0: I don't think so because, again, though – you probably want to see what you have out of Natherin uh, next to Tyrese Haliburton. I also didn't mention they picked up Bruce Brown as well. And Obi Toppin, uh, obviously in the off seats. And then I misspoke about TJ McConnell. That trade actually did not happen yet, but um, yeah, I, again, the rumors have been there for the past several seasons, Like you mentioned about miles Turner's position getting traded. traded. Um, also, uh, buddy heel. I know the Lakers were in the rumors about acquiring those two players. Um, But it also seems like with this team, Scott, that there's also seems like there's a log gem at that guard position as well.
2: Uh, Yeah, that's kind of my point, where I do like Bruce Brown a lot. I think he's going to be a good fit with this team. Toppin, I don't know, because the Knicks didn't really use him that well. And when he'd had a couple of spot starts or he was playing in the final game of the season or when a lot of the starters were out, he would occasionally go for 30. But once again, when you're given the ultimate green light, a lot of players in the NBA can give you 30. So I do kind of wonder how good Toppin's going to be. We'll see how that goes. I like Bruce Brown a lot, but the point is I mentioned Buddy Heald because he was linked to trades for a couple of years. Turner was linked to trades for a couple of years. Everyone's still here. I feel like even though Bruce Brown is a very solid glue guy who can be versatile for you, the overall foundation of this team has not changed, and Carlisle kind of lets his guys run wild, and as a result, you get a lot of high-scoring games and not many wins. But with the fact that Turner and um, Halliburton, do we agree they're their best two players?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The so problem said, I have Halliburton, there, Halliburton for sure. H- Halliburton's, Halliburton's their best
2: player, it's not even and close. And Turner are their best two players.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. That's yeah, right.
2: Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, so the problem I have with this team is their best two players are constantly hurt. That's not going to go away. I know Halliburton is a young career. He's missed some games. And I think that's going to happen once again. Turner was relatively healthy last year, which was encouraging except I'm used to seeing him injured because he's always hurt. So I do think that, once again, you're going to see both guys probably miss north of 15 games. I feel that's a pretty realistic expectation. And if that happens, they're going to fall off a cliff. So I think this team is going to be very entertaining to watch when they're fully healthy. But I have durability concerns, and I question if the entire supporting cast is going to buy in defensively because this team hasn't guarded anybody since who? Vogel was there. McMillan was there. Mm-hmm. They haven't played defense in like five years
0: uh Lante.
1: yeah i'm all in i'm all in on, on indiana uh, i'm all in uh simple math to me for the Winto the 37 and a half is that what you see 37 and a half yeah yeah so they won 35 last year and Halliburton played 55 games we all agree that Halliburton is a- an elite point guard at, at an early age yeah if he plays 60 like you said scott I mean, he can miss 15 games let's say he does miss 15 games so that's still 60 plus games that he's playing which is you know five to mm-hmm. seven more I think they're good for three more wins. I mean, just off. The, I mean, just as constructed, like before they even did all the moves, I thought that they would have won thirty-eight to thirty-nine games with Halliburton in the lineup. I mean, they were like rolling before he went out. I want to say they were like the. They sixth were a playoff team, I think. Yeah, yeah. six or seven seed. They were flirting with that um, six or seven seed. I like um, Bruce Brown addition. That means Halliburton doesn't have to. I mean, obviously, you want the ball in his hands as much as it can be, but. Again, when he's on the bench, Bruce Brown can come in and facilitate. We, he's he's proven to be able to do that in high leverage situations. Um, I like Toppin. I mean, for what he – he wasn't allowed to do, like, his skill set. That, that's York. my point. I don't, yeah, I don't really know what Toppin is. Yeah, I mean, all he has to do is just rim run. I mean, him and uh, Hallie Burton on the pick and roll, uh, he's got to improve that jumper. Um, they probably just – they just swapped him out for his brother. He's a younger, better prospect. Um right now. So I think Toppin will be fine here. Um, I like Jairus Walker. I think that he'll be a defensive anchor along with miles Turner. Uh, Walker's a better playmaker also. And we know Turner can stretch the floor. Uh, Walker can kind of shoot it. I mean, he didn't show it as much in Houston because I mean, he didn't have to, he, he can just play in the mid post area and Sampson wasn't allowing him to do that. I think he showcased a lot of that, um, playmaking ability in the summer league. um, Man, I like Isaiah Wong. I like Ben Shepard. I'm not sure how Ben Shepard is going to, um, I guess, convert uh, from Belmont to the NBA. But I do think Isaiah Wong is, is going to be uh, one of the players to watch out for. He plays extremely well. Microwave score. Uh, I know you watched a bunch of him in Miami past couple mm-hmm. years. They went to Sweet 16, Elite 8, if I'm not mistaken, last year. Uh I think that's the reason why they moved off Chris Duarte. I think Isaiah Wong is a better prospect than Chris Duarte. And, I mean, Matherin, he has to take the next step. He hit. A, he started off really, really strong. Uh, yeah. He started off really strong. He hit a wall. But, yeah, man, I'm all in. If you're looking for a team to take a leap somewhat like Sacramento did, um, I think Indiana is is the team. I mean, they got a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, they got a elite point guard. That is two things that you want in – uh upcoming team i think they have a load of talent if they want to get off buddy Hield, i mean that's fine i don't mind him being on the team I and mean, he's a shooter he can i'm just he surprised he's it. still there yeah i mean but you never can have too much shooting on the team he can still shoot it now he's not going to defend anybody i think defense is probably their main issue get but it. again but again when you have an elite point guard and you're going to score north of of 115 116 a night i mean it, it's, they're going to be they're going to be tough they're, they're going to be tough and i think I think Walker is going to surprise a lot of people defensively with what he can do because he can guard one through five, and you can have him in the mid-post area while Turner spreads out because Turner can shoot the three. I think he's like north of 35% um, on threes. He was really well at the end of the year. He was 37
2: he, last year. From- yeah,
1: see, I mean, so I'm all in. I'm all in. I got them. I, I t- I'll take them at 35-1 to for the division, um, definitely on the win total over uh, at the half. I just think that's, that's just kind of easy. I mean, just simple math. Like I broke down early.
2: I I like the under for them personally. I I don't trust them to stay healthy. It's really just my main concern.
0: Yeah, I mean, I understand that. Yeah, I I think I'm going to go with the over on this Pacers team as well. Um, Like, I mean, like you mentioned, Lante, if Halley is able to play, let's just say – Seven, not 70, let's go 65. Even if he played 65 games, yeah, I see, think that, that's that, 10 games from what he did last year. Yeah, yeah
2: I, I just want to read off quickly the numbers of Hal Burton and games played. He's played four years, 58, 51, 26, 56. He's never played more than 59 games and more than 20, 58 games in a season.
1: The 26 was his sophomore year or was his rookie year? Uh,
2: 2020, to 2021 was his rookie year, but he played 58 games, a career high. He also only started 20 of those games. So that is correlated because he played less minutes. So... He's played, once again, less than 57 games in each of the last three seasons. So I said he might play 60 and change. I might be exaggerating. He might play 50-something. Now, Indiana was very tricky with the borderline tanking, and they benched a lot of starters at the end of the year once the team was irrelevant. So that could be a factor, too. But just throwing it out there, he's, once again, missed 20-plus games every year.
1: Yeah. And Munoz. before you go, go um, I think a thing that we can look forward to now is Nimhard. Nimhard played really well in the summer league. Yeah. He played really well going off. So if Hallie Burton is out for an extended time, I think that him being able to assert himself as a backup guard, somewhat like, you know, Tyus or Trey Jones, I think he's in that same class as being a solid backup point guard. So I think they'll be fine with the talent that's been around them, uh, you know, uplifted. So I forgot, I forgot to add that. Sorry about that.
0: No, you're good. Um, I mean, this team was playing 500 basketball all the way up until mid-January. They were 23 and 23, or um, they had a stretch of what? I think they lost like seven games in a row. I mean, at, at one span, this team uh, in the first week of January was 23 and 18, and they lost about seven games in a row. I think that might have been the point where they did lose Tyrese Halliburton. But um, I mean, they were right on the cusp of again getting over their win. I don't, I don't have the tour from last year, but. I think this team will be improved. Um I think we'll see the name swirling again in trade rumors when we come to the trade deadline for Miles Turner. Did not just he just signed in a contract extension with him, didn't he? Like a two-year contract extension. Signed, on I, th- I
1: thought he signed it. I thought he signed it last year like in the Yeah.
0: Last yeah it was year last at the season. end
1: of the yeah. When every yeah. when everyone thought he was going to get traded. Yeah. <laughs> Technically I so, can still trade
0: him though. Yeah, they can still trade him. So, yeah, he signed it uh, January 28th of last season, uh, 2023, two year, $60 million extension uh, with the Indiana Pacers. But, yeah, you're right. He can still get traded. But, um, I just like the I do like the talent on this team. And again, it, I think that any team that we talk about with their windows are going over, it's always, you know, contingent on on health, right? And especially for some of these younger teams or some of these younger guys that do get hurt. You know, we talked about K, we talked about Tyree Tyler Burton in this instance, but um, I do like the talent on this team. I like their off-season acquisitions in uh Obi Toppin and Bruce Brown being that glue guy for this team. And um I, I think that this team could get into that. 39 to 40 win a uh, neighborhood and maybe even knock on the door of being a, a play tournament team, whether that's going to be in the seventh, eighth, ninth or 10th seed. I think they do have definitely have that potential because again, they were well on their way to doing that before they uh, got rattled by injuries last season. Uh, all right, guys, let's get over to the next team on this. Uh, or, sorry. In this division, that's going to be the Chicago bulls. They have the same, A win total as the Indiana Pacers sitting at 37 and a half. They are 25 and 25 to one to win this division for the upcoming season. Last year, uh, this team ended up with a record of 40 and 42. They were a playoff, uh, uh, sorry, a play in tournament team. Had a, I want to say a 15 to 20 point lead in that game against the Miami Heat. Miami Heat came back and then made their improbable run all the way to the NBA Finals. But I think this team, and I think Lante probably agrees with me, is this front office, I just don't know what direction this team wants to go in. And some of the contracts and transactions that this team has been making over the past several seasons kind of make you scratch your head, especially this offseason as well. We've also heard the rumors of Zach Levine, trade rumors going on for the past several seasons linked to the teams like the Lakers and and you know other teams as well. You still have DeMar DeRozan on this team. He's a year older. They just signed Nikola uh, Vucevic to a contract extension as well. Uh and again, this is another team that has spent a lot of money on a I think a lackluster backcourt. We know Lonzo Ball. I mean, we're not sure if he's going to play another professional basketball NBA game at least ever again, just because of the D issues that he's been dealing with. But Lante, let me start with you with the Chicago Bulls last season, a disappointing year again for the Chicago Bulls team. This season, they come in with a win total of 37 and a half. What are your thoughts on this team?
1: Yeah, I'd lean under. Uh, You brought, you hit it up perfectly. Um, I think that Levine is probably not on this team Uh, between now and the trade deadline. I think he'll be, I mean, I know it's a wide margin, obviously, but I don't think he'll be there after the trade deadline. I think he'll get moved. I mean, they're pretty much just in purgatory. I mean, they are going to be a 37-40 win team. They are log jammed at the guard position with guards who can't shoot other than Kobe White. Um, Caruso, they brought in Javon Carter. <laughs> they brought in Javon Carter, uh, Toy Craig. Um, they drafted Jillian Phillips, who can't shoot. He's uh, 23.9% from three-point. He averaged 8-5-1 and one in 32 games, shot 41% from the field. And that's who you want to draft, and when you know you need shooting, outside shooting, and a little bit more athleticism on the wing. I mean, Patrick Williams. People are waiting for him to take that step. He hasn't taken it yet. Uh, maybe working out with DeRozan uh, this offseason is going to help him. But I mean, I just don't. I don't have any faith in this team to get over this over this uh, win total. I actually like them to not make the playoffs at like minus one eighty five. I mean, there's a lot of juice. I'm going to wait um, a little bit closer to the season, uh, but. I just don't I don't like anything about the team. I mean, other than DeRozan, I mean, what is there to like about it? Um, they missed out on a really, really good signee in Javon Freeman Liberty. Um, he played on their summer league team and he was averaging 21, five, and four in the five games. He had 49 and 45% shooting splits. I thought they missed out on a gym with him. He signs with Toronto. Um, I, I just don't like anything about the team, man. I think it has implications of getting blown up. And they'll just start the rebuild. I don't think they have any of their picks, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think they have any of their first-round picks. Um, but I, yeah, I have I to double-check that. Yeah, I have to double-check that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of, of Chicago. Uh, I, I would go under here. But also look for them to not make the playoffs. At, if you can find better than 185, uh, I'd lay that also.
0: I think that seems like one serious injury away from either Zach Levine or DeMar and just being a potential lottery team next year. Um, Because they're so heavily relying on Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan to be that guy for them every single night in and night out. And we've seen DeMar DeRozan do it, right? His first year with the Chicago Bulls, I mean, he was in the conversation of being an MVP. I mean, he was that good for this uh, Bulls team. But we saw a a little bit of regression last year, obviously, uh, from this team. And again, it's... I'm not sure if I'm sold on Billy Donovan as a head coach either, but again, I think it's more questions about this front office on what direction this team wants to go in because they have, yeah, you have Zach Levine, you have DeMar DeRozan, you have Vucevic, but after that, I'm not really impressed with this team. I think Patrick Williams, I think he can be a really good player, but at least in this system, he's, he hasn't been able to be the, be that guy or live up to his potential and the talent that the, he does have um, for the Chicago Bulls team. So, I'm with the under here as well. I think that either one of DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine will not be on this roster come trade deadline um, for this Bulls team. But again, after that, it's just a bunch of role players like, you know, DeLante, you mentioned a lot of guys that can't shoot, except for Kobe White. And even he is, you know, he's he's either hit or miss as well. He's either firing at all centers and it seems like he can miss miss uh, making a shot or, you know, he's going to have nights where he looks like I don't know, Russell Wilson, I'm oh, sorry, Russell Wilson, uh, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> he might look uh, like Russell Wilson, too. He can't yeah, hit a target
1: either. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, um, yeah, I mean, those are kind of my thoughts on this Bulls team. I feel like the Bulls were probably more of a quicker conversation, but uh, Scott, thoughts on the Bulls?
2: Yeah, they're going to be bad. Uh, I'm on the under. Uh, I think 180 and change is a gift as far as I'm concerned. Then I'm making the playoffs. Uh, I mean, I don't, it, it, you can make an argument. Maybe they'll make the play in again. I doubt it. Uh, I know that he wasn't a big stat guy, but I actually thought Beverly helped them out just with some type of leadership, I guess you want to call it. Yeah. And then he dipped and went to Philly, so they don't even have that anymore. Uh, They got Javon Carter, I guess, as their high-intensity defensive replacement option for Beverly. But this team just isn't very good. You're looking at DeRozan, who's getting older. Levine, who's always hurt. I mean, Levine's another guy who's always missing double-digit games a year. They gave Vucevic an extension. And most of the Bulls fans don't even like Vucevic, if I'm being honest. You can just go around and ask Bulls Twitter. They hate Vucevic. They wanted him traded years ago. But I do think when you're looking at this roster, it's fine. It's it's not great. We talk about how the Eastern Conference keeps getting better, and it would not shock me if Chicago traded either Levine or DeRozan during the season. I don't think they can get rid of Vucevic now because they gave him the extension, so we'll see. But you're looking at how this team is supposed to project out What's a good result for this team, realistically? Like forty-two wins, forty-two yeah, I mean, and forty.
0: Yeah, last year they were forty and forty-two, um, and the previous year and that was with a great 36. stretch at the
2: end of the year.
1: Yeah, if they get if they get the forty, uh, I think they got to be patting themselves on the back. I don't think. I'm saying last
2: 40. year they once again finished very well when Beverly got there. I forgot what they were. They were like sixteen and nine or something. Like they were actually pretty good at the end of the year, but. I just think that, once again, they were on pace to win roughly 35 games, and then suddenly they caught fire at the end of the year just to lose in the play-in game anyway, uh, where they choked against Miami. So the point is, I do think when you're looking at what it takes to make the playoffs, they're going to be a play-in team. Worst, even best-case scenario, they're a play-in team. They're not going to finish anywhere from 6-1. to That's not happening. So even if you want to take the 180, you're probably going to have to win two play-in games. Because they're probably gonna be closer to the what do you think, the nine or ten, if I had to guess.
1: Yeah, I think, I think closer they're, to the ten. Yeah, I yeah. think the East has got I think the East has gotten a lot better.
2: Yeah, the East got better and they're the same team. And they weren't very good to begin with. So I think when you're looking at this team, even if they do have a shot to make the playoffs, they will have to win two separate games, probably on the road as underdogs just to get in. Because they're probably gonna be the nine or the ten. If they even get to that point. I'm on the under. I think this team's gonna get hurt. They should trade the team like half the team midway through the year. They could potentially blow up and win like 29 games. It wouldn't yeah. shock me if yeah. they fully implode. Right. If I had to pick a final win total, 34 35.
0: Yeah, I mean, over the last eight seasons, this team has made it to the playoffs twice, and they've both uh in both of those playoff series, they've lost in the first round. Uh, they haven't had a 50-plus win seasons over the last decade only once. And I know that includes some of the shortened seasons with the COVID year and things like that, but still. Um, and the most games they won was uh, back in the 20, 2020, 2021, 2022 season when they won 46 games. Prior to that, 31-22, 22-27, 41-42, and then the 50-win season uh, back in the 2014-2015 season. So, yeah. Um,
2: that Lonzo injury is so is so rough for them. That's just yeah, so it ridiculous. really is. They yeah. They were good the really three is. of them together. And now he's yeah. hurt. And once again, Lonzo's a very solid playmaker and a good defender. I always thought he was a little bit overrated, but I have to at least point out that he did provide a lot for this individual team. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with super him super gone, team. you're also paying him a bunch of money. That money they, is they, now just giving you nothing.
1: They got the disabled, uh the disabled. T- I mean, obviously it's not as much, but they got the disabled um, player. Option, yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, saying, but, yeah but right. what,
2: what'd they do with the money? They didn't <laughs> they do gave anything it, with the money, so they, they, gave, they gave it to Vucevic. That's what I'm saying. They gave Vucevic an extension. No, they gave it a toy
1: They gave it a Toy Craig and um, Javon Javon Carter. Bring in. there we go, Javon
2: Carter. That's uh, uh, okay, sure. That's kind of my point. Like, you <laughs> lost Lonzo, who was a very solid piece for you, basically got nothing back in return, and now I'm relying on an aging DeRozan who still takes a bunch of mid-range jumpers, and I'm sure he's going to be losing a step or two with his age. Levine, who's always hurt, and Vucevic, who is fine for a stat sheet, but I'm not sure if he's actually a winning basketball player because he gives you no rim protection. I just feel like, once again, this is a flawed roster that should have blown up the team a year or two ago, and I think they're going under. I see this team winning 35 games.
0: Yep, I agree. Uh, Anything else for this Bulls teams, guys? All right, nope. uh, let's get over to I think the most interesting team uh, in this division. That is going to be the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, they come into this next season with a win total currently sitting at 49.5. They're plus 250 to win this division for the upcoming season. Um, last year, this team finished up with a record of 51 and 31. They were the fourth seed in the playoffs. They took a first round loss to the New York Knicks in five games. Obviously, this was the first season, I believe, yeah, with Donovan Mitchell. Um, And then you kind of take a look at um, just the roster in general, guys. I think we can start there because after Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, I just feel like there's a significant fall off um, for this team. Karis LaVert. I'm not really impressed with. Um, I don't think a lot of us aren't either, but I know we talked about the front court at volumes with Evan Mobley. I know uh, Scott is not re- uh, really high on Evan Mobley, um, Jared Allen as well. But I think for look, just looking from a roster standpoint guys. Like there's a, I feel like for me personally, there's a significant off from Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. Um, and there's always already the rumor swirling that this might be the last season of Donovan Mitchell uh, in Cleveland before he maybe heads over to the New York Knicks. But Scott, let me start with year for this Cleveland Cavaliers team. They currently have a win total of forty nine and a half. and um, Like I mentioned, they were the fourth seed last year, took a first round exit to the New York Knicks in five games. But what are your thoughts about this team coming in uh, to this new year um, in this central division?
2: So, the real short story of it was they got exposed in the playoffs by yeah. the Knicks. Now you can make the argument that in the regular season, when teams don't bother to play that high caliber defense and they call a lot more fouls and you can't be as physical Cleveland can still be a good regular season team. And that's kind of the tricky part because this team's is winning nothing. With the score, They're not going to win anything, but you can make an argument that with the actual regular season and the intensity that they could bring, they can still go over their win total and just get torched in the playoffs every year, like the Jazz did in the Western Conference for a couple years there with Mitchell and Gobert. I feel like it could be one of those spots where they're a good regular season team with no realistic chance of winning more than a playoff series. And then, you know, they kind of blow it up afterwards and go from there. They won 51 games last year, so they went over this number. But Mobley, just to be clear, I'm lower on than most people. I don't think he's a scrub because I'm aware that he went for 16 points per game and nine rebounds per game on 55% shooting. But people keep saying that he's going to be a future star. I've heard comparisons to Garnett at his age, and I'm not sure he knows a post move. I I don't know if he's fully capable of generating his own offense or if all of the 16 points per game are predicated solely on pick-and-roll screen running with Mitchell and with Garland. That's my flaw with Mobley. I just think that he's not a good enough back-to-the-basket player who can generate his own looks, and he needs somebody else to set him up. That's my main problem. Now, you can still be successful, with that being the case, but you're not a superstar if you can't create your own offense. That's my main flaw with Mobley. As for the rest of the team, I know Delonte hated their offseason because they went after a couple of three-point shooters, and Struess was fine with Miami pretty streaky overall player and they gave him a lot of money more than I would have given him personally but you're looking at the overall team they're fine I think once again they're going to be close to this number the tricky part is trying to assume that they're going to be basically the same team as last year which is tricky for the win total because even though it was a really really bad taste in our mouths watching the playoff series against the Knicks because they were awful that entire series offensively, yeah. they still won 51 games in, in the regular season because they tried harder than the other team, and they actually p- played defense. They were the number one defense in the league for a portion of the year. I think I'm going to lean under, but I do think it's going to be close because, once again, this is a pretty standard, good regular season team, really bad playoff team. I think they're probably going to lose in the first round again, but can I see them winning 50 games? Yes. So I'm going to lean under. It'll be really close. Give me 48 wins.
0: I, I think the biggest issue that this team had um, was obviously three point shooting, and they did address that um, coming into this uh, new season, right? They they signed Max Juice to the four year, sixty four million dollar contract. They also picked up George Niang uh, as well to kind of address that three point shooting that this team was really lacking. I know Sam Merrill had a really good. Um, summer, summer league, league yeah for this team as well so I think the also question I do have for this team is the point guard depth it's it's Darius Garland then it's Ty Jerome after that and then Ricky Rubio I mean that doesn't really excite me uh for for this Cleveland Cavaliers team but Scott I, I yeah the number that did pop into my head uh you know was 48 uh as well so and again, it just feels like this 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 is another team that let's just say Darius Garland or even Donovan Mitchell goes down for you know let's say 10, 12, 15 games that it could be their demise and that could get you under this win total of, of 49 and a half. I think I'm gonna wait and see if this number creeps up to fifty and a half because right now there's heavy Vig on there's on their over. I think it was at minus one forty when um I listed it, but let me double check here for this Cavs team. Yeah, it's at 49.5 at minus 140 currently over on DraftKings. So if this number gets, you know, at 50.5, I may, I I will probably bet the under for the Killing Cavaliers team. But Scott, I think you hit the nail on the head that, yeah, they're a team that tries really hard in the playoffs. And maybe that's, you know, predicated on their head coach. But when it comes to the playoffs, that the New York Knicks exposed their. It was uh, sad. And the Knicks yeah. weren't
2: a great team either offensively, yeah. but the Cavs yeah. weren't close by comparison.
0: Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's where I'm I am kind of with this Cavs team as well here. Lante, what are your thoughts on this Cavs team coming into the new year?
1: Yeah, so I'm on the under. Um, I think I said maybe after the playoffs that Mitchell was gonna be one of those guys that we're gonna that he's gonna want out after this yeah. year. Um yeah, 49 and a half, I think is it's a little bit too high i'll probably make it around like 47-ish 46 47 but again both of you guys hit it on the head defensively they are elite they are they, they've been a top defensive team um all year last year and, and i think scott said it perfectly they played harder than everybody else i mean they just teams just don't play hard on a nightly basis and i think that new car smell with mitchell coming in kind of gave them and the fans a little bit of a little bit more of hope and i mean they just they got exposed in the playoffs, like Scott said. You can't play with three non-shooters on the court. You, I mean, on the court, you just can't do it, especially not yeah. in the playoffs. I mean, I think they're gonna have to probably move Allen. I mean, as bad as they, I mean, as good as he is as far as protecting the paint and he gets rebounds too. Yeah, so I mean, you just can't play him. He, he just can't play. Evan Mobley has to improve. I'm a big Evan Mobley fan. Love what he does defensively. He has to improve offensively. I mean, he is probably maybe have gotten worse. Um, from first year to second year, but again, he's young. He, can, I think, he'll be able to figure it out. He's a smart player. The problem with their off-season signings that I had is, I think some guys on their summer league team are just as good. Like I think Merrill, uh, Isaiah Mobley, who's Evan Mobley's brother, and Craig Porter Jr. I think all three of those guys. Well, and, and Imani Bates, their their um their draft pick, their only draft pick, I think, of the um yeah, this year. So. Yeah. 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 So I think that those four guys are. I mean, if you combine their production at the end of the year with Struess, Niang, and Jerome, I think they'll be pretty much a wash. And you paid, you know, the two guys, Niang and, and Struess. Which I mean, it's fine. You want to add some shooting to your team, but I think Struce's success had more to do with the team and the environment that he was around. He's not going to get those uh, the as many open looks as he was on um, on the Heat because I mean, Spoelstra is a genius yeah. as far as you know offense and designing players to get open but they didn't they couldn't have watched him play in the finals because he was horrible so yeah. Niang he, was, he was good for like one game yeah and, that, and then he proceeded to score like zero yeah
2: pretty much Yeah. So
1: yeah. in that one game he scored all of those points in the first quarter
2: yeah. I, i'm assuming the argument though for signing Struess once again they overpaid him i mean there's no way around it but the argument is when you said three non-shooters you can play strews leave a coro out and that way you only have two non-shooters. Having said that, you can't win with two non-shooters in the league either, so I think in the playoffs are still screwed. But the argument is that at least Struis gives you some floor spacing compared to Okoro, and Okoro to- can't shoot to save his life.
1: Yeah, that's true. The thing you should trade off with that is they're going to get roasted defensively. Like as far as from a guard, unless the argument
2: is Allen and Mobley are so good at rim protection, they can offset some of that yeah, differential fair. defensively yeah, between Okoro and struce. And Struess isn't that bad of a defense. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not. He's fine.
1: He, he's, not. he's not. He's not horrible. Niang and I'm, can't I'm guard anybody. Sh- I, yeah, I don't know what Niang to Niang's on, gonna do. Yeah, I'm not trying to shit on Struce and, and Niang because they're good. They're really good players. Well,
2: Niang but, you can because Niang can't guard anybody. Like that's a fair criticism of Niang. Yeah, I think Struce is okay defensively.
1: I like him offensively as well though because he fights in. And he plays hard and i can he'll fit right into their system uh but it's just the fact that i think that the younger guys that they have are pretty much can pretty much do the same things i mean obviously not the you know uh, sam merrill can shoot it better sam merrill's probably the best shooter on the team i'd rather uh, have
2: merrill than ty jerome if i had to compare
0: them Oh two. god yeah
1: yeah so right. i mean and mobley craig porter jr they played really well mobley is extremely athletic he's gonna block shots he's gonna get to the rim uh, yeah, I mean, I think Bates is going to play a big role in that second unit. They have to have somebody that can score. And, I mean, for what everybody thinks of Amani Bates, he can still score. Now, he's going to – he I didn't say he's going to be efficient, but he's hes going to be able to score at all three levels. And I think he got better with his decision-making as far as when to take shots and when not to take shots throughout the summer league. Um, and if that carries over into the regular season, I think he'll be fine. But, yeah, I, I'm just not a big fan of of this team or this roster. and. I think that they'll go uh, between 44 and 46 is, is what I think I can project here. So I like the under.
0: Yeah. It feels like it's like a make or break year for this Cleveland Cavaliers team, because it seems like that, you know, Mitchell is kind of knocking on that door of, or at least pushing the door uh, to probably head to either, you know, another team. And again, like I mentioned, New York Knicks has was the, the big team that was rumored to land him uh, prior to him getting to the Cleveland Cavaliers. But Um, All right, guys, let's get over to the last team in this division. That is going to be the division favorites, the Milwaukee Bucks. They currently have a win total of 52 and a half. Um, They are minus 290 to win this NL, uh, sorry, NL, NBA Central Division. Um, And again, this team last season uh, ended up as the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And they, we know they took the first round exit to the Miami Heat and again, a lot of that did have to do with the injury to Giannis uh, in that first round. But there was a lot of question marks about this team, in, especially in the offseason, on if Chris Middleton or even Brooke Lopez was going to be back. I think more so Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton because it just felt like that Chris Middleton was going to be back with the team. But kind of going back to the year that they did win the championship, it's to me, it just kind of feels like that there was a lot of a lot of tax on on the on this team. Because they made that playoff run, and then I think immediately after that is where Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton went over to join uh, the Team USA Basketball, I think it was for the Summer Olympics, and I guess maybe those extra miles kind of caught up to this team over the last several seasons, uh, especially in the playoffs, right? Because you have two guys there that are very, very injury-prone in Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, especially last season. We know Chris Middleton was recovering from the wrist injury and other various injuries as well, but
2: and Giannis, yeah, and Giannis
0: as well. Giannis right? gets we,
2: hurt a lot too. People don't talk about it enough.
0: Yeah, and I think the, the I know Scott, you had the biggest issue. You know, a lot of us had the big issue that my uh, a coach, uh, Coach Bud, was probably not the guy for this team. I mean, they got the the run to the NBA championship. Okay, congrats! But now this team has a new head coach. Adrian Griffin comes in to take over as a head coach for this team. Your core is pretty much intact with your you know quote unquote big three guys with. Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. Obviously you could throw in Brooke Lopez as well. You know, his, his name was in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year last year as well. But, uh, Scott, let's start with uh, your thoughts on this Milwaukee Bucks team with a win total of 52 and a half coming in for this next season.
2: Yeah, I'm on the over. Uh, but I do want to mention uh, Giannis' games played for the last couple of years. Yep. He's played less than 68 games in each of the last four seasons. Now, there was a COVID year involved, so once again, I got to at least acknowledge it, but still. Uh, so Giannis has missed time on a regular basis each of the last four years. So I want to mention that Middleton really did not play much last year, and when he did, he really wasn't great. But part of that was because he was come back from injury and you weren't sure how good he was actually going to look right back from injury. looked fine in the playoffs, though. But Middleton only played 33 games, started 19 of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. So he did not play much. Holiday played 67 games, started 65 of them. So he also missed some time. And with all that being said, they still won 58 games. Now for the offseason, they got back uh, Lopez, which is definitely nice. They did lose Wes Matthews, and they ended up losing Ingles. Do I care about either of those losses? Not really. To be fully honest, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Ingles was fine. Wesley Matthews is okay. But I do think looking at the grand scheme of things, as long as Holiday and Middleton and Giannis are healthy and Brooke Lopez, because he was valuable for that team, mm-hmm. if they're healthy, they're going to win 55 games. It's just going to yeah. happen. Like, they're going to win a bunch of games because Giannis is unguardable in regular season basketball. And Holiday's a great defender. Middleton can give you some complimentary shooting. They brought Middleton back. Did they overpay for him? Yeah, I'm not a big Middleton guy. But that's also because he can't stay healthy. But I do think, assuming that the new coach is going to avoid choking away massive leads like their previous coach did, I do think that they're in line to win a bunch of games. And I was low on other teams in the division. I'm low on Chicago. I'm low on Indiana. I'm low on Cleveland. The win's got to go somewhere. I think if they go to Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee's going to win close to 58 games again. I just think that when you're looking at how this team is structured, they have a lot of chemistry. They have a fundamental understanding of the roles On the team, which is very important, where each guy knows what they have to do in order to succeed. Occasionally, Holiday shoots too much, or Middleton shoots too much, but they know it's Giannis's team, and they're going to go from there. Defensively, though, with Giannis and Lopez, they're going to be great, with Holiday uh, being a very solid defensive guard, since he doesn't have to guard Jimmy Butler 80-something games out of the year, so that he's going to look good defensively. Uh, But I do think when you're looking at how this team is going to look, a standard high 50s win team, Give me the over potentially a one seed again in the Eastern conference. But I think this division's weaker than other people think it might be because I'm lower on Cleveland and you both, you agree with me. I'm on the over. I think Milwaukee once again is going to go over this number, maybe reaching 60.
0: Yeah, I think they, uh, I mean, they also addressed some, uh, shooting, uh, concern. I mean, not concerns, but added, uh, with the loss of Joe Ingalls to this team. I know they picked up, uh, Malik Beasley, um, in the off season, um, Pat Covington is still back with this roster. I believe Grayson Allen, yeah, is he going to be the starter as well? So they have some you know, key shooters to put around Giannis uh, um, and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Uh, Lante, thoughts on the Milwaukee Bucks for this upcoming season?
1: Yeah, so I'm kind of on the fence. Um, I think it could go either way, like Scott making compelling points, but I also can see, and I guess I can see a kind of approach where he kind of wants to pace himself and get just get into the playoffs which is another reason why i, I like indiana at the at the long odds because i mean my, they don't care. my
2: point is he's been doing that for the past couple years and they still go over every year anyway
1: yeah yeah uh that's a good point i mean so that's why i'm kind of on the fence about it i can make cases for, for both sides and griffin was i guess handpicked by Giannis, or they they told him he they, who they were going to go after and he kind of was like okay I, I think i like his Um, I guess his pedigree around the NBA, very well respected by uh, a ton of NBA guys, um, especially players. So, and I think, you know, players gravitate towards former players. I think that's just something that bodes well for him. Uh, I I mean, so we're not sure like what he's going to run, how he's going to run it. I know he was uh, under Bud in Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe some of the same concepts, but better decision-making and rotations. Uh, which I'm hoping that he can at least do that because that was Bud's downfall. I do like the um, addition of Robin Lopez. It's kind of like a low key addition, but I think he's another big body who can come in, kind of defend those uh, those big guys, keep the fouls off of Brook Lopez, and keep him in. So, I mean, I mean. Like, Middleton, I guess he's fine. Um, I wouldn't bet the win total. I'd much rather, if you think that they're going to have a successful year and get 60 wins like you said, Scott, why not just bet Griffin 12-1 to 1 to win Coach of the Year or Giannis plus about 50 to win the MVP. I think Giannis is going to come out with a vengeance and have a great year, especially after yeah. how they exited in the playoffs. So, now, 550 is kind of short. You usually can get better odds in season. Um, on awards, but I think Giannis is going to be on a vengeance. I like Andre Jackson, the draft pick. I think he's going to fit well. He plays really well defensively, pretty much a connector. He can um, facilitate. Not sure how he fits in or how um, Griffin's going to fit him in because he can't shoot at all, but he can defend at a high level. He's probably like the, I mean, outside of Giannis and Drew, I would probably say he's the third best defender, like on-ball defender, on the roster that's how good he is um defensively and he we saw him play with a lot of talent at UConn um the national champs I mean they had well, Hawkins and I mean Clinton is going to be a top pick next year so he's played with talent and he's been able to absorb um and make those guys better so I think he fits in well with them um you mentioned Beasley I think he can sh- he can shoot it he'll be in a better environment here and be able to shoot at Jay Crowder I'm not sure what his issue was and why he didn't get on the floor, but hopefully that gets resolved and they can get him on the floor. What you mean, what his,
2: what his issue is and is why they didn't play him or why he was complaining about not being used? Both. Because he's completely washed, just for the record. Like, they gave five draft picks for him. It was a complete waste of five draft picks. But, hmm. yeah, Crowder's not any good at this stage in his career, but I can understand why he, as a veteran, wants to play more. I think it'll yeah. be a complete non factor personally.
1: But I mean, I think they'll play him and then they'll see what they'll see what they have. And if not, they'll just cut him and, and play. Yeah, some full other disclosure.
2: Guys. He's 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 gonna be bad. He's gonna be <laughs> really, really bad. Just full disclosure. Yes. So uh so yeah, man, I don't have a really
1: a, a play on the window. I guess I would lean over if I if I had to, but again, I think Giannis at at plus five fifty and um Griffin twelve to one coach of the year,
2: I think those are better values for how you forecast their season. What's the minimum number of games played again to win awards? 55. It's 55 or 65? 65.
1: Oh, 65. 65. Yeah, I'm sorry. 65. Yeah, I'm sorry.
2: I was asking because Giannis played 63. I'm wondering if players were, are going to start actually playing more games in order to qualify for awards because Giannis has kind of been hovering around that 65 number. That's why I was kind of wondering.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to come back with a vengeance after, after what happens. So I think he'll be – a monster to shoot
2: okay just saying because he's played less than 64 and three of the last four but if you think he's going to play more because he wants to potentially be in the running for an award that could be an extra one or two wins right there
1: yeah and some of those i think came when they were like dominating and you know the yeah. last week week and a half he was kind of sitting out because it, it didn't matter at that point but
0: and they can i think can without him yeah, they can. yeah. Uh, all right, guys. So that is the last team of this uh, central division for the NBA for this upcoming season. Uh, guys, why don't we close it out with a best bet uh, for this division? It can be anything, whether it's a uh, division uh, winner, win total, uh, make or miss playoffs, anything that you do like here. Uh, Lante, you want to lead us off?
1: Yeah, sure. I'm going to go back to the Indiana Pacers. I think over 37 and a half is, is a good bit. Um, I just, I think the team has improved after winning 35 games last year without their leader in Hallie Burton playing 60 games. I think they can just get there. I mean, just that's just simple math for me. Uh, so I like them over 37 and a half. I mean, we broke it down earlier, so you know people can go back and listen. But I like 37 and a half on the Pacers. I think they got a shot to be take that next step, like some of those teams we saw with um, Sacramento. We saw it with um, Oklahoma City. Uh, maybe we'll see it with your Rockets when we get around to that division. But uh, I think that they're in line to take that next step. Um, so maybe get in the playoffs and, and make some noise.
0: All right, Scott, best bet.
2: I'm torn because I either want to go with Milwaukee over or the Bulls under.
0: It's one of those two. Those are the one or two I have as well. So I mean, you take, I'll go the other way. <laughs> I
2: was just going to say, I, I think I'm just going to go with what's always worked. I'm going to go with the Bucks over. Okay. I mean, they're just the best team in the division year in, year out. They're competing for a one seed all the time. I was not a Coach Bud guy. Now he's gone. You're assuming that Middleton will play more, only played in the 30s in terms of games. So him playing more should result in more wins, or at least more insurance if Giannis gets hurt or if Holiday gets hurt. But with each of those players missing like basically 20 games minimum between the three of them, and they still won 58 games, I feel pretty good about them going over that number. They'll be in line for the one seed. I'll take Milwaukee over.
0: All right, and then I will go with the Bulls under. Uh, you know, we, I think all of us agreed that this team should probably get under their win total for this upcoming season. Again, it's a lot of the some of the decision making that this team or the front office has at least made about the contracts that they have handed out. And again, we're talking about DeMar DeRozan, I know he's king of the mid range, but he's either a, a year older. We never know about the health of Zach Levine either. I know he's been healthy for the last two seasons by his standards. But again, if one of those two players does go down, it's going to be a, a tough uphill climb for this Bulls team. And again, when it comes to the trade deadline, we can also see one of those, one of the three guys where they're throwing Vucevic's name as well. I'm not sure who would want to trade with that contract at this point, but I think DeMar DeRozan could be a very, very key piece to a team looking for that final puzzle piece to kind of put them over the top uh, to win an NBA title. So, you know blowing this team up is not out of the question as well. So uh, I'll go with the Chicago Bulls under 37 and a half wins for the upcoming season as my best bet for the central division. All right, gentlemen, that is going to do it for this edition of the NBA gambling podcast, our very early season win totals. We'll start, like I mentioned, we'll start making our rounds to the division. Um, for the nba uh kind of going through the win totals giving our thoughts about the all-season moves and for the upcoming season um and yeah we'll have another one later in this week whether that's thursday or friday uh we'll do another eastern conference division and we'll just kind of make our rounds by then um scott anything else you want to mention before we get out of here my man
2: not really uh saw coach butt on a plane a couple of weeks ago so i don't know if that's oh yeah. or not but that happened he was wearing buck sweatpants when we oh. fired him a couple months before. So I thought that was an interesting look. But, yeah, I saw Coach Bud on a plane, and I said nothing to him. Because you should have I said, hoping, hey,
0: you suck.
2: I was hoping he wasn't reading my phone. So that's why I didn't say
1: anything. Alante, uh, anything else? He, he can always join the podcast, man. He, he, if he yeah. wants to. If he yeah, wants to I like, get, we
0: need to get like NBA Gaming Podcast like, business cards. Hey. You know, come join the podcast, and I got yeah, fired. Yeah, come man. Talk. About I it. mean, he, he has a lot of money to sit on. So I don't uh, know. I
2: was trying to think of what I would have said that was nice to him. Like I was going to say, "Excuse me," you know. I'd love to hear more about how you didn't double team Jimmy Butler in games four and five of that of, of that <laughs> playoff series against Miami. But how does it feel to coach Giannis? Well, right. Hey, yeah, I can guess. I see
0: your championship ring that you well, were he was handed headed to New York. Of...
2: So I was assuming oh, he okay. was potentially going to like interview at espn for some type of like studio job maybe like i don't know why he was headed to new york but is it
0: nba headquarters in new york as well
2: it could be but the point is i he's probably doing some type of media thing
0: yeah possibly
2: i was right about doc rivers though said he was gonna end up on tv oh
0: god man i don't know where's
2: he is he is he espn i think he's espn
1: yeah i think so but he used to do he used to do games for cbs right
2: uh, he used to do games. I don't remember if it was CBS or TNT. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah, it might have been, been TNT.
1: Yeah, yeah. The yeah. point I, is,
2: I, I thought Doc would end up on TV. I thought Boonhose would end up on TV, and I'm pretty sure he's getting a studio gig. So there you go.
1: Yeah, Boonhose is uh, not the biggest personality, so. Yeah, I know.
0: Saw me. <laughs> whatever. All right, guys. Uh, make sure to follow Lante on Twitter at xxlantexx. Make sure to follow Scott on Twitter at Right Show Radio. Follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. More importantly, if you haven't already subscribed to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube channel, go ahead and do us a favor and do that. And also follow us on Twitter at SGPNNBA. Uh, all right. We'll be back later this week, probably towards the end of the week, to uh, discuss another division and the win totals for the upcoming season. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.
2: Basketball, get it, get it.